us your crooked jaw. Show us your wrinkled brow. Rise. The birds. The birds! He rises! The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Oh, my God. Is my internet fucking up? Fuck it, man. I mean, everything about this fucking day is just shit. We're in West Memphis. That's a long drive to get to West Memphis. What time did you leave? Ten. Ten o'clock. Ten in the a.m. Did you go to Metallica last night? I did. Yes, I did. How was that? It was awful. <laughs> it was just terrible. It was like one of the worst concerts I've ever seen. <laughs> You're lucky it didn't go, Ben. I, I know you were thinking about it. And Thank you for that. And then uh, you just didn't go. No, yeah. man, I, you know, I got in the pit. I was uh, up front dealing with a bunch of elbows. Some I dudes getting really aggro. What? I saw pictures of the crowd. I saw you in there with a mask on. Oh, you did? <laughs> I'm like, he's the only one wearing a mask. There's not a, another person on there wearing a mask. Is that right? No. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like you had to have a a, a, COVID, a negative COVID test or no, no, it wasn't even a negative COVID test. You had to have proof of vaccination to get in. Uh, and you know, once everybody got in, nobody was wearing a mask, uh, at least not up front there. You know, but you know, not all of those guys were the brightest bulbs. So you know, that's even Metallica can't make people wear masks. So we're going to see how it goes with us. Uh, was this the most intimate venue you've ever seen Metallica at? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I've never seen him at the Metro before. I wasn't cool enough. You didn't go to that show at the Metro, did you, Gabe? No, I would have been 12 years old in 1983. I'm you weren't helping them sell merch that night. <laughs> I did see him at the Aragon in 86. Mm. But... Uh, not in 83. I wasn't old enough and cool enough yet. You're not cool enough now. You're going to be 50 soon. Gabe's going to be 50. And then maybe he can shut his fucking mouth about no. how he's so much younger than everybody. Once I'm on the other side of 50. You're closer to 51. 
52 even than I am. It doesn't matter because once you're on my side of 50, <laughs> it's over for you. No. You, yeah, you don't have you won't have this thing to hold over my head anymore. I'll still be closer to two years younger than you and everybody else. Who Most cares? Who cares? You're two years. That's what you're. <laughs> I'm hanging my head on it. And you brought That's it. What you're hanging your head on. Two no. years. <laughs> Wait till we get to sixty. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not waiting for it. It'll happen. By the way, when I did see Metallica at the Aragon, this was when I had hair and headbanging was a real thing. And I, yeah. asked, I did have whiplash after seeing Metallica at Aragon because everybody was banging heads back then. And, and, there know. was this hair farmer in front of me, and he started <laughs> he started doing some headbanging, and I thought I was I thought he was going to break my nose at one point. So <laughs> he was back and forth, so I had to put my hand up and like, hey. You know, I figured they might start with whiplash, which they did. As soon as it started, you know, I was back by the soundboard, by the door. And as soon as it started, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And I just like <laughs> the place went crazy. It went off and I just ran up front and and it was cool. It was cool. Like I even liked it when they played Whiskey in a Jar. And I never really cared about that cover. I mean, I liked Thin Lizzy, but I was like, whatever. And then it played it. And it was really good. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a great cover. Um, you know, even one kicked ass. That was a song that I didn't think I needed to hear anymore. And it was, it was wow, I was like, it was really great. Yeah, I saw the video of that. Somebody posted that. And, and would like to have seen Fade to Black, but I didn't see that. But uh, that was great. Yeah, I was kind of living vicariously through all the people that were posting clips and videos, which you hate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I pulled out my phone a couple times to send you some pictures. <laughs> but yeah, it was a sea of phones. It was crazy. Hey, let's rewind a little bit and hear about this last night of the Soul Asylum tour where you wound up on stage playing Runaway Train. No. <laughs> your pal Dave Parr. Uh, what happened there? That was, that was the last two nights I ended up playing um, oh. Runaway Train with them. Uh, okay. But I was, you know, on the phone looking for a hotel. <laughs> and then I hear a... Dave yell, hey, where's Scott? Go find him. See if he wants to play Runaway Train. And I was like, I don't think I remember how to play Runaway Train because, you know, I yeah. PTSD. I learned it backstage. <laughs> well, yeah, I learned it backstage. It wasn't it wasn't the kind of thing that was meant to last. Um, <laughs> so so that was a problem. Gabe, you need to pack up that cat. Uh Oh, no, Ben. No more. <laughs> no more local H puns. You, you're banned. Have I been doing a lot doing, of them? You do them all the time. And I don't realize. If I do, I didn't realize it. Each week, I, I wonder, should I cut this out? <laughs> oh, I did a back in the day one, maybe last week. You did back in the day. You did a pack up the cats one, I believe, last episode or the episode before that. Um, oh, okay. oh, Gabe, check out what I got here. Oh, she got something. This is where you put the harp music in, or the diddly diddly, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, that's where I put the harp music. Look at that. Oh. They sold shirts at the show. They sold they sold Metro shirts at the at the show. Oh, Metro! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Live Metro up your ass on the back there. Wow. And then the front is the Metro thing. Did you hear about it earlier than everybody else? First, first time I bought a shirt since I don't know when. Um, well, yes. So there was a secret show happening on 
last night. So all weekend, the buzz was, what's the secret show going to be? And, you know, there was th- some talk that it might be Smashing Pumpkins or, or whatever. And Justine was like, I think it's going to be Metallica. But, you know, I don't know. And, and the hint, the main thing that we thought it was going to be Metallica is because Kelly Way said, uh, is Scott in town? And Justine goes, I don't think so. She didn't, we didn't really know if I was going to be in town at this point. And Kelly goes, well, he's going to be bummed he missed this. So I'm like, well, that can't be Smashing Pumpkins. So that's got to be Metallica. Yeah. And then once I saw that they did that show in San Francisco, I was like, it's, it's got to be Metallica. It has to be. It was either that or enough's enough, I guess, and turned out to be Metallica. Uh-oh. Hey, everybody. It's Wes Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> Our white whale. Wes, ah. we, never, we, we never thought we were going to get you on here, but uh, here you are. You don't want to just say, say our Moby Dick? You don't want to do that? You just want well, to wait, say Well, wait, who's Ben? I don't know who Ben is. <laughs> That's me. He's right ben. there. What do you mean? Who That's am ben. I? You want my ben. CV? Do I know you? No. No, you, you don't, don't know, know Ben. Okay, good. Because I was ben. like, who the fuck is Ben? Ben is our pro- Ben's our producer. Okay. You haven't ben. listened to every, uh, every one of the 30-something episodes we've done? Well, as I mentioned to Scott, I've listened to parts of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if I wanted to listen to all of them, I would still be listening to them. Yeah, yeah. See, Wes is another one of those that thinks the show is way too long. <laughs> He's, he, he, he is uh, of like minds in more ways than one with, with Herb Rosen, and I will, that is uh, one of the ways. I will fix the problem tonight when, when I hit leave meeting all of a sudden, right. and that'll be sure. the end. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> We'll keep going. We'll keep going without you. So, Wes, was Australia the final straw for you, too, as it was for Gabe? Oh, God. Because the way Gabe tells it, Australia was what broke him. And and I'd like to think that that wasn't just me that did that. You did that, too, Wes. But was that the final straw for you? It might have been. I mean... I'm not sure I remember anything after Australia. <laughs> I mean, that was insane for what I re- the parts I remember. Well, wasn't it you that was reading the, the Sex Pistols book about the American tour? I don't and, remember. And Maybe. I was like, all right, we can do this Sex Pistols American tour here in Australia because nobody really knows us. So we can be as crazy as we want to be. And nobody will be like, who do you think you are? And you were like, and Gabe's the tour manager. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> how, long were you, how long was that tour? How long were you in Australia? It was long. 80 years? It, was, <laughs> I, it felt really long. It had to be two it was, weeks. It was, about th- it was three weeks. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> two, but it took 24 hours to fly there, so we were like gone, and it was, it was crazy. I only remember a couple points that always stick out in my head. One is when we were about to leave and we had been out all night and we come back to the hotel and we open the door and Mark is there with his shirt off folding <laughs> shit in those stubby shorts. I think he was wearing those stubbies. And, and then the other thing I remember is getting on that plane without any sleep for weeks and then yeah. waking up with my mouth all dry and sleeping with my mouth open and some little girl just looking, staring at me like I was the biggest fucking loser of all time, which I was. 
Wes, your mouth was open the whole flight home. I remember looking at you like, his mouth is wide open. Oh, dude, it hurts <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that tour, I mean, what happened? We had a great time, right? Except for Gabe. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Every we we get out of the van, play the show, start drinking all the beer. And then we'd go, and the bars were open all night, so we'd be at the bar all night. Oh, my God. Yeah, until the day came up. We'd come back, and it was time to leave, and we'd get into the, to the van, and we had that the promo of the first Queens of the Stone Age record. And so we'd get really stoned and listen to that and sleep in the van. And Massive Attack. We listened to Massive Attack oh, Yeah, a lot time. of Massive Attack. And you guys would make me smoke pot, and then we'd listen to Massive Attack. It was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> That's right. Did, were we good on stage or were we terrible? Were you guys bad every night? No, we were great. No, it was tight. It was tight. That was, that was a tight time. I don't remember a lot. It might have been Australia that killed it all. Right. I mean, a lot of my memory is gone. And well, from, what? Your, from your episode with Herb, some of his memory is gone too. <laughs> some, some of the details of the poop uh, night at the hotel seemed a little... Well, what do you what do you remember of the poop night at the hotel? Well, the poop night at the hotel started with a big party at this at some fancy club where I started a conga line by holding a plant, <laughs> and we got the whole crowd to do it along with the members of Blondie and all these bands through the club. And we we're all fucked up. We go back to the hotel, go to sleep. That guy carcass was with us at the time. He was yeah. a roadie. Um, and then I wake up to Michael Connell laughing hysterically, tapping me, tapping me going, someone pooped on the floor, someone pooped on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Carcass had left. So we blamed it on Carcass for years, I think. Uh -huh. And I don't think Herb talked about that, but the poop was there was a huge pile directly between the two beds. And then little nuggets had made their way over to Herb's area. So that's why Herb also took some of the blame. Wow, Brian set that up pretty good. Yeah, oh, dude, I don't know what the fuck that guy did. I mean, he cleaned himself up, but didn't bother to pick up the huge pile of shit he took in the middle of the fucking hotel room. Is that a picture of a huge pile of shit behind you? Oh, yeah. I, it takes too long to explain. It's a terrible joke. It's stupid. <laughs> Where are you? Is this, is you, are you at home? Is this your office? No, this is my office. Not at home. My actual office. Wow. Where is it? Kiss pinball. Uh... <laughs> wow, you got the full-size kiss pinball game. Wow. Does that work? It does work, but the, there's a few things that are fucked up with it now. And I'm it's amazing. Shouldn't that thing be at Liars Club? Well, it should be, but if, you know, it's fine yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and where are you working? What, what, are at you, Red Light Management. You're still at Red Light? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. And who are you working with? What, can, what are the bands you're working with these days? Well, I am working with Old 97s, uh -huh. um, which also means I'm working with Rhett Miller. Mm -hmm. Which also means you're working with Ryan Hall. Who's Ryan Hall? Ryan Hall is uh, Rhett Miller's jogging buddy who gets him all the the free shoes and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah, you're not uh, you're not aware no, of this I guy. No, I don't know. No. Okay. All right. 
I guess Rick uh, handles that portion of his life. Uh, yeah. I'm working with J.D. McPherson. Oh, yeah. Yep. Still working with him. And then I was working with All Them Witches until about two weeks ago when they decided to fire me for some unknown reason. Maybe because they don't know how to fucking name their band. It's <laughs> it's all of them witches. Yeah, I it's know. not all them witches. It's yeah, all, it took... what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, uh, and then I kind of work with the Yoppers. Um, yes. But the Yoppers, they kind of just handle themselves. I mean, you know, Nate, he's out of his mind. He's riding yeah. a bike across the world. He's always Slimming doing down. something. He's doing something awesome all the time. So, you know, once in a while he calls me and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, nothing, what's up? And then that's about the end of the, that's about the, end of the conversation. <laughs> did you work with Soul Asylum? You worked with Soul Asylum. I did. Before, right? I worked with Soul Asylum for a couple of years. Yep. Dave Fry was still here when I worked with Soul Asylum. And it was still Dan on guitar. And then Tommy Stinson was playing bass. Right. You did that whole Tommy Stinson thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Speaking of Tommy Stinson, I just realized he was in Guns N' Roses for how many years? And then he's not in it anymore. And now they're out touring all the time. Like he had right. to sit around for 10 years <laughs> doing nothing. And then Well, they did some touring with Tommy. Sounds like a pretty good gig, though. Yeah, right? I guess maybe that's better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when did you start playing on Rights to the Accused? I mean, I mean how, how does that even happen? You're, you're like, you guys are in high school, right? We were in high school. I was in a band called Political Justice. Oh, that's right. With a question mark. Well, okay, I'll take you through the story. I was in Sidetrack, which was my first band. Um, and we were on a t local TV show in Chicago called Kidding Around. <laughs> you remember that show? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> and then I was in a band called The Manimals. Um, which really? started, yeah, which started a little more punky and we did punky covers like we did Red Cross, I Hate My School and XTC and, you know, The yeah. Police and, you know, whatever, New Wave and punk covers. And we won the Battle of the Bands in my town one year. And which then, is where? Glen Ellen. Glen Ellen. Yeah. And then, um, then I joined Political Justice, which was Brian on drums. Brian's brother on bass, a guy named Andy Henderson, or they called him Spud Boy, was the singer. Uh -huh. And I played guitar. And then from there, I joined Rights to the Q. So I don't, I guess that's junior year, maybe, of high school. I don't remember. Right. So how did you get into Rights to the Q's? Did you know Mike or just no, put shows together? Well, I knew Rights to the Q's. I knew who they were. Um, but I didn't know them personally. And I was playing a show at a basement party and then they called me because they wanted to add a second guitar player. So, so you guys are just like playing shows in Chicago. We were playing shows out of town too. We were going to like Grand Rapids, Michigan and playing the punk club there or Milwaukee or Lansing, Michigan or somewhere in Indiana. Um, and I would tell my parents I was going to Denny's in my town to study. <laughs> And then we would go play a show and then I'd come back <laughs> because they weren't going to allow me to join a band that was from the city, you know, no, no, God, no. So I, when did you have to break it to your parents that, Hey, I'm in rights to the accused. I don't think I ever did. <laughs> I'm not sure they know. Um, we can edit this out. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know. 
you know? I mean, I don't, you know, and I never told him I smoked cigarettes either. I keep lies forever. Right, you know? right. <laughs> so at some point I must have told them and then we got the opportunity to go on a tour with Ministry or the Revolting Cot, no, with Ministry and some other bands. We started to do tours, so I must have just told them. How did that happen? Like, how did you hook up with, with Al and everything like that? Well, I, I can't remember exactly, but usually everything happens because of Michael Connell. Mm -hmm. So I think he was hanging out with all those Wax Tracks people at the time and going by the studio where Al was recording at Chicago Recording Company. Um, and somehow we ended up at parties at Al's house all the time. And I think he just thought we were goofs, you know, yeah. which we were. And he thought it would be funny to take a bunch of young idiots on tour <laughs> so um so yeah we ended up doing that and i mean i we bought a van off the, the local hardware store in my town and we put one of those you know plywood um things where you can sleep on top yeah you know and then created a wood bench you can sit on so you could sleep up top but there was obviously no um seat belts so right. if, if anything <laughs> no went wrong, device. yeah, I mean, every, that's how everybody's doing it. It's just crazy to think about now. Then you go to college. Like when, when, when is the college part? And so all that? I, like I said, I don't remember exactly everything and how the order of stuff went, but I went to a community college in Glen Ellen called college of DuPage, um, for a couple of years and then and so you're, you're going to college and you're, and you're still like going in right to the accused. Yeah. Touring on the weekends or yeah, doing you know. shows on the weekends and you know, a tour here and there, you know, a tour meaning a week long tour, right. some fucked up tour that we booked with, you know, down South where we played like, you know, you're supposed to play 10 shows and maybe played two. Um, so yeah, so I did that, and then Herb and I, somehow I ended up, I, you know, I was just talking about this the other day, because my daughter's supposed to go to college next year, and and I'm, I don't even know how I ended up in at University of Wisconsin in Madison. I mean, I didn't fill, I don't remember filling out any paperwork. I think my mom just, like, signed me up and told me I had to go. But um, <laughs> Herb and I ended up going to Madison together, and we lived together there, and then we would come home you know, we'd take the bus home from Madison to play shows. I taught him how to play bass up there. Right. So he wasn't in the band yet. He was not in the band yet. That's right. Just hanging around. Yeah. Yeah, he you, told us a few stories of you guys hanging out at uh, in Madison. And, and we, we cut all those out. You did? <laughs> what yeah. about the thing about the slice of American cheese that you put on a light bulb and then it melted and then you left it there all semester? I don't remember you, that. I remember... No, I remember we had a mannequin that <laughs> Michael Connell named Beth after the Kiss song, and there was a <laughs> slice of American cheese in the panties she was wearing. Oh. Um, and then we had in the fridge was one black jelly bean, and on the outside of the fridge was a picture of a huge shit Herb took where the turd came up out of the water, and he was so proud about it. He <laughs> took a picture, developed it, and it was on the the fridge door for a long time. Um, I also remember that we used to do our, or I used to do the dishes in the shower with me while I was taking showers. So that was a very college thing to do. Water saving measure. Totally, totally. And, and then did Herb tell you about the huge mass of Kleenex under his bed that we found at the end of the year? 
No. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, that probably needs to be cut out, too. But if you pulled on... I thought there was just one, and you pulled on it. It was like a huge, giant mass of Kleenex all stuck together. <laughs> oh, man. Don't ever, don't ever pull that thread. <laughs> Wasn't there a story so, about throwing something out the that's window. the one we cut out oh that's this okay. that's the story oh that too, yeah that's just that's too, i mean we are terrible people the yeah, statute of limitations might not be up on that one right i mean it's terrible stuff that's why we're, i'm scared to do this because if <laughs> no. i can say something that's well we were doing Scott's the interview with herb with the, with the we were doing the interview with herb and he just kept like yeah i don't fucking care yeah i'll tell the story who, who gives a fuck whatever and then as soon as was, as the interview was over he calls me up he's like Man, should we cut some of that stuff out? Uh, it's like, I, I can't let those stories get out. They're horrible. Those stories were great 20 years ago. Yeah. Did, um, did he tell the story where he lit his face on fire? No. No. Oh, really? So, I think so. We're in Madison, and Mike O'Connell's there, and Rob Schwager, and a whole bunch. I forget who else. Maybe Brian. And Herb decides he's going to blow fire. <laughs> you know, for some fucking fucked up reason. So he goes outside onto the back porch with Everclear and he he blows fire and it proceeds to like, you know, run the typical thing, which always happens, you know, runs down, his hand catches on fire, he's slapping his face, his hair is <laughs> catching on fire. My reaction to this is to run back into the apartment, close the door and sit on the couch. I didn't help at all. It shows, you know, what an idiot I am. And then Mike and Rob somehow got it done, and he was pretty burned up. So, um, you know, he was extremely worried about it. I remember that. And we went to the hospital, to the emergency room, and Michael Connell kept trying to check him in as Arthur Brown. <laughs> and I hadn't, I didn't know what he was talking about forever. And I, I just kept letting it go, and he kept saying, yeah, we got Arthur Brown over here. We got to get him in, man. He burned the shit out of himself. And then I found out later that Arthur Brown wrote, I am the god of hellfire. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good fun. Good fun. When did the, uh, the last rights record come out? What was that? What label was that on? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was on Noise International, which was a German death metal label. Uh -huh. um, or maybe not death metal, but a G German metal label. Um, but I think they had signed Killing Joke at the time, or they had signed something halfway decent that maybe, you know, but we didn't have any choices anyway, you know? We, we were like, shit, sign the fucking deal. You know, this is great. Um, but I don't remember what year that was. How did the end of Rights to the Cues happen? Was, was it just like a whimper, or did it go down in flames? Shit, you know what? I don't know. I mean, we did a bunch of shitty tours. Like, we never got a good tour. What about Blue Oyster Cult? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was shitty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we did the Dickies. We did a long run with the Dickies, which was nice. great. Um, did anybody tell you about the Blue Oyster Cult, um, the good prank we did on the drummer in Blue Oyster Cult? The, yeah, I've heard this story before, but uh, the whoopee cushion? These, these guys, yeah, these guys haven't heard it, so you should tell that. It's pretty good. We got the, um, and I don't know if this has been done before. Maybe we learned it from someone else. Can you hear me, by the way? Am I close? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we got the sound man to give us a live mic. The drummer was this like you know metalhead dork, you know precision drummer asshole, you know. Yeah. Um, and he did this big solo 
during the show and at the end, you know, he'd stand up and the crowd would cheer and then boom, right? Well, we got the sound man to give us a live mic and we got a whoopee cushion. And as soon as he stood up, we shoved that whoopee cushion right underneath there and put the mic right on it. And he sits down and just <laughs> through this theater. I mean, it was amazing. Um, but anyway, back to Rice EQs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that, that tour might have been depressing in the end. We got beat up by a, a bunch of little kids in a gang in Florida, and that was a big bummer. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. What, what happened? I can't believe I don't Herb know didn't this. tell that story either. Yeah, I think Herb, I think some kids were bugging Herb when he was buying a hot dog or something, <laughs> and he was like, get the fuck out of here or something. But then someone's like, you better watch your back. I don't remember. Her might remember this better than me. And somehow we got jumped by like 20 fucking kids. You know, I remember there, they were little kids, but there were so many of them and they were just pounding on us <laughs> like lunatics on the street. It sounds like the brood or hostile. Or yeah, it was crazy. Like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But so that was kind of depressing. I remember a carcass was crying and. I, you know, we were so bummed. We were just big losers, you know. We're fucking opening for Bush <laughs> Fulton, getting our ass kicked by little kids. Um, so I think that maybe that was the end. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. So we'll call so that the end. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good ending. <laughs> Got our ass kicked by little kids. Band is over. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so did you have this idea for triple fast brewing uh, or, or was it just um, like was it at, towards the end you had this idea or was it the band breaks up and then you have this idea i think or i probably what am had, i going to do now yeah i think it was probably fading out and i probably started to think about doing something else um yeah i can't remember exactly but it was pretty quick afterwards that i started triple fast Right. I think, well, you've, uh, you've always been that way. You've always had a good idea about what you're going to do next. I don't feel that way now, but... Uh, uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's luck runs out at some point. That's true. So. That's true. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Brian was obviously going to be the drummer. And he, I think he turned me on to Kevin Tiesta, which was like finding the golden apple. Yeah. You know, and then those guys knew Ronnie. I think Kevin knew Ronnie from high school or something. Um, so it happened pretty quick, you know, and that was it. We were rolling. We did a, our first show was at the Cubby Bear Lounge. Um, and we told Kevin if he made a mistake, he had to smash his guitar and uh -huh. he made a mistake and he looks at me and he's like, do I have to? And I was like, you have to. And so he smashed his guitar, which is a pretty good first show. So how long after that you started, uh, people started sniffing, sniffing around you? Um, it's, I mean, pretty long, you know, I think we were one of the last bands to get sniffed around. No. Yeah, it was, I mean, every, everybody else was already rolling. I mean, Urge Overkill, Smashing Pumpkins, Liz Fair, um, Loud Lucy, um, you guys, um, no, I, I, I feel like it, all that stuff happened at the same time but i remember like you being, guys i remember being super jealous about loud lucy so they yeah. were way farther along than we were because i think they had like 
you know, 10 people at every show coming to check them out. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Well, you How were obsessed you... with Loud Lucy. Yeah, was I? Yeah. Yeah, I probably <laughs> you're was. Like, you're like, I fucking went to see Loud Lucy again tonight. I'm like, what, what is going on with you? <laughs> they had that one great song that whatever it was, Down or... Ticking? Ticking. Oh, my God. Tickin'? That was a great song. It's Gabe's favorite song. <laughs> is it really? No, it's, no, it's not. Right up there with every replacement song. <laughs> oh, why, hey, Gabe? Why, why did you have to bring it up? I, hey, yeah, th- yeah, there is something wrong with you. I, I was talking about Tommy Stinson already. You should, this shame yeah. should come raining down on you. No, I, I just don't have the love for the replacements that everybody else does. I just right. So just, just say like, so. Don't say I don't like them or I don't love them. Just I haven't listened to them. That too. Just like Scott should say, I'd never eaten Chipotle. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, He's I'm, got philosophically, there, Scott. I'm philosophically opposed to Chipotle. So fuck Chipotle. I heard you guys I, talking about Chipotle. I, I don't mind Chipotle, uh-oh. but it's, I feel like it's like my kids love Chipotle. It's little kids, Mexican food, you know, that it's makes like, sense. Yeah. it's like Disney Mexican food. That makes yes, sense, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I hate about it, but I don't mind it. Hey, I have some um, rock and roll trivia cards that someone gave me. <laughs> I've been asking people these on the phone lately when I do phone calls, but I got a good one. It's here. a great Let's new segment okay. for us. Um, yeah, let's go. This is a good one for uh, for Gabe, I think. Mm-hmm. Which band had a hit with Last Resort? Papa Roach. Oh, I fucking knew it. <laughs> you fucking love Papa Roach, dude. That, that's a great song. What are you talking about? <laughs> it is it. not a great song. That's what? a great song. Listen, I went, I went like 15 years without ever hearing no. the edited version You're of that. You're disqualifying yourself from the rest no, no, no. of This is my last Listen. resort. <laughs> Cut myself into pieces. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which song contains the lyrics, everybody's talking all this stuff about me, why don't they just let me live? This is hard. Why don't they just let me, everyone's talking. Oh, oh, uh, Bobby Brown. Holy shit, good job. My prerogative. That's right. Wow, well done. Where do you get this, these cards from? Is that a game? Was that like a... I think some of my kids got it for me in my stocking for Christmas or something. It's a bunch of little... They should like make sneakers. a hip one. They should make a hip one for like you know, eighties and seventies and nineties. Wait, you're saying Papa what, Roach? What Papa is Roach isn't hip? <laughs> Papa Roach questions aren't yeah, fucking hip. Papa Roach, I'm gonna buy you a shirt, Gabe, and mail it to you. Where do you live? I'm in Saint Petersburg, Florida now. Oh, is it okay to talk about that? The cat's out of the bag. <laughs> what are you doing down there? Getting diseases? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to turn this state blue. No, oh, no. That's right. Good for you. No, we're, uh, my wife and I, we decided that uh, South Carolina wasn't the perfect fit for us, and we found the chance to sell our house and come down here and start over again. Nice. Like, How long have you been there? Gypsy. Two weeks. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Right. So. How long? Uh, how much longer are you going to be there? <laughs> at least six months. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Now this will be a little longer. We're uh, we're trying to plant some some deep roots. We'll see. We'll see. How yeah. Goes. No, living in Florida is awesome, except for the fact that you're living in Florida. Right. Exactly. Listen. Anytime you guys want to come. Might have been St. Fucking Petersburg, where those little assholes beat us up. Just find those dicks. <laughs> is that what the Chinese Landing? Is that where it was? 
I think it might have been, actually. You're always <laughs> having problems with fucking street toughs at your show. What was going on with those guys that, like, knocked out your windows, uh, your, your friends in Detroit? Oh, my God, yeah. Well, we had gotten in a fight with someone somewhere else. Or something happens at a show somewhere else. We did something stupid or someone did something stupid. And oh. the payback, I think, was in Detroit. Like someone called their friends in Detroit. And while we were playing a show, they came up and threw a bunch of bricks through the windows of the, right. of the van. I think it was we were somewhere else or you were somewhere else. I can't remember if I was with you or not. Yeah. But, uh, but there was a note from your friends in Detroit. Right. Now, that fight that you're talking about, I don't think that was the same thing, that where that guy was, like, giving you the finger the entire show, and I spat in his face, and then Brian jumped over the mic, yes. uh, over the drum set, That's started what I kicking the about. shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Just hair. Going over. Yeah. And then you start yelling in the microphone, you're like, you're, you're, you're why I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> You, you were so mad you couldn't even come up with right no thoughts you know, anything clever to say yeah no ah. thoughts at all <laughs> we're talking about you, you and loud lucy but i remember like you know in all the articles that we're talking about the, the bands and the you know in the chicago 90s wave you guys are always had you know a, a pride of place you know you were like always up there if not the biggest photo in the article at least the second biggest photo in the article i don't remember it that way no you I, just... I always felt like the the loser the bastard stepchild little baby who sucks shit i mean in all honesty and that's not that's just how i felt i don't know i mean did we i really, mean what what are you talking about anyway the fucking illinois entertainer no i'm talking about like you know the sometimes <laughs> yes, just just i mean you know first of all there, everybody there, there got were great hopes for you is basically like a lot of people and yeah yeah the the the, the reader you know wyman fucking loved you high hopes um yeah the yeah i don't know i don't know you know how this shit goes that was a blast though yeah it was all it was a total blast for all of us getting those deals and, and and then but once like for us once we made the record was the the shittiness started because nothing happened and then we had to go on tour with you and you guys were opening and handed us our ass every fucking night for a month <laughs> and it was shameful and embarrassing and sad it You're wasn't oh my god no, it wasn't and you loved it you fucking loved it. You loved well, destroying well, us every night. Admit it. You must have gotten the van and been like, those fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> We're killing them. <laughs> well, the, well, you, Plus, that was the Magna Pop tour that we were right, on. Right, and your fucking song starts taking off. In addition to you already kicking our ass, it starts actually working. So people are coming <laughs> to see you. That was terrible, Scott. <laughs> well, was a subject. no. Here's what what had happened. What had happened was that there was. I think we had played some Magna Pop shows, and then you guys got on the bill, and suddenly we were demoted to opening, and you guys were on second. 
And our management was, and, and this is the dumbest thing, because of course, what are you going to say? You're, you, you know, they were like, you should call him and, you know, ask him if, you know, you can like right. flip flop each yeah. night. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Well, why would he agree to something like that? Right. Just, so you were like, I'm just, just going to kick his ass every night. Just try it. So I called you and you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, of course you don't want to do that. Did I say so, that? Well, yeah, you no, you were kind of like, what do you want me to say? I'm not going to. Oh, that like, was stupid we've got, of me. No, 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 no. It was obviously, what were you supposed to do? Go, yeah, you can have the better slot. That was ridiculous. Uh, I probably should have said that. No, nonsense. <laughs> I regret it. So you're waiting for the record to come out. Well, and, we made, and, first of all, we had to make the fucking record, which was a disaster. We spent a bazillion dollars. Why was it a disaster? Um, well, I mean, we spent so much money. Like, we went into this fancy studio in New York called Sear Sound because we were supposed to go into fancy studios, you know, or whatever. And, and, uh, and then, you know, we picked um, Don Fleming to produce it. And there were some things that we really liked that Don Fleming produced, especially the Posies record that came Teenage out. Teenage Fan Club. Teenage Fan Club, right. Um, but then you kind of, and then you kind of get in the studio and maybe people don't have the same, like I thought Don Fleming, who had produced Sonic, I think he produced Sonic Youth and the Posies. He worked with Sonic Youth, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was very, he wanted things to be very precise, like, and I was a shitty guitar player, so it, it was very hard for me to do, like, if there was any, like, little n note picking at all, I mean, it would take me hours to fucking do something, because I was bad hmm. at it, and I didn't want to play it like that, but he wanted me to play it, like, perfectly, you know, in time, and I don't know, it was, it became exhausting. The process because I, I thought the, the the problem was that he was too sloppy and didn't give a fuck so i'm getting completely wrong so i don't know who might have said that but he was maybe they mean he didn't give a fuck meaning he you know drank a lot of beers and got sloppy you know yeah. which i didn't <laughs> mind but as far as the performance stuff it was extremely you know precise it just drove me nuts i wanted it to be sloppier but everything kept right. getting squished and then we had this engineer i forget his name but he's a big time engineer i think he's gone on he made a bunch of big records before ours and went on to make a ton more but he was fucked up out of his mind every night he would leave the studio and off by himself we'd come in he would be like passed out under the console like i think he yeah. had slept there all night <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it took us a long time to make this thing. It never sounded anything like what I thought in my head. You know how that goes. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, not even close. And then, I mean, there was this terrible moment where we had a bunch of rough mixes done. And the guy who signed us, Gary Gersh, and his radio guy, um, Phil Costello, and... Someone else, some other A&R guy, were coming back from um, some show in Europe and they flew over on the Concorde and they stopped in New York and they wanted to hear some rough mixes and we played them some and it was fine. You know, they were like, yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty good. And then they're like, check out this 
check out this thing we're going to put out soon. And it's the first Foo Fighters record, you know, before uh-huh. it was out. And they put that on after, you know, listening to our, our stuff. And it just, it was like kind of like playing after you guys, you know, it was, it made us just look no. sad. No, no. So sad. Um, because it was great. And he had made it in his bedroom or in his house or whatever, you know, his little studio. And it sounded real and raw and, you know, it was a great record. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then we... Do you want me to keep rolling on here? Well, yeah. I mean, like, like so at this point, you're kind of like, oh, my God, what have I done? And I've sunk yeah. all this money into this shit. Right. I mean, how am I going to salvage it? I think that studio was like $2,400 a day, you know. We had been there a long time doing I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so we, it was mixed. We got back. Nobody really liked it. Um, so then we had to re- remix it. And then we found John Yellow, who saved our ass. You right. know, he he did you know did a great job bringing it to life. I still think that it was crappy performances, but um, and John really, I mean, yeah, he he did a great job. And then we got stuck on that song revved up, and we were trying to like it never sounded right. And then we recut it with Brad Wood. Oh, right. And then Brad Wood mixed it, and then that didn't sound right. And then I think we used Brad Wood's version, but John had a, John and Yellow had a remix Brad's version. So and what would John, what was John doing to like, you know, was he beefing up the tracks? Didn't He yeah. was sending, there was like, no, everything sounded dead. So he, he was sending sounds out into the big part of the studio and then remiking, like in a speaker. And then remiking that and bringing it back around, so it sounded maybe it made it more live sounding or a little yeah. more reverb or I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's just making it sound better. But he's like remiking stuff. Yes. From the original stuff. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. He had a whole setup going on. Well, I mean, I always felt like Cattlemen Don't was was like a response to that record. Well, it, you know, first of all, I was. I'd been through that process, the first process. So I knew, yeah, I knew what I didn't want to do because the first record, I was in fantasy land, you know, major label deal and big studio in New York and everything else, you know. And I kind of just went along with things until it was too late, you know, and held everything in. So the next one, we were off Capitol. Um, so we were back in Chicago and it was more just like going into a studio and making music, you know, it was just easier. Well, you know, there are a lot of bands from Chicago on Capitol and, and I wrote about this a little bit in the liner notes for your record, but yeah. you know, you had Pope's menthol and Jesus Lizard and you guys, yeah, it just seemed true. like Capitol tried to kill all Chicago bands we wanted to sign them and then tried to smother them like puppies or something. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. There's just, I think everybody's releasing too many records and a lot of I mean, how could they botch lost. every single one? Well, it seems like people still do that, right? <laughs> I mean, shit. You've, probably, you've had one of those, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so around this time, you also produced Jimmy World's first record. Right. I forgot about that. Um, so is that when you became emo? Yeah, that's when I really got into the emo dudes. Um, the uh, yeah, there was an A and R guy there who was Jimmy World's A and R guy, and he just called me out of the blue and asked me if I wanted to like 
produce their record. And, you know, I didn't know any, I wasn't a producer or anything, but I think they paid me five grand. Um, and I went so out. Why would he ask you? I don't know. I mean, think about this, Wes. There's something about you that makes somebody go, that guy, that guy could be a producer. Or that guy is a great songwriter. He should help these guys with their songs. Or somebody goes, you know what? You'd be a great manager. Like, what is it about you that you seem to, is it just because your personality is so amazing that <laughs> people just want to be around you? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Um, I, you don't want to pick at this scab? No. I'll stay away. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's funny. It's, we're talking about this. I remember it was Craig Aronson, and um, he goes, he did something. He's like, I'm, I think your record's going to uh, do really good. He's like, I'm going to write a number on this piece of paper of how many records I think it's going to sell, and I'm going to put it in the drawer here. And he did that. I never saw that piece of paper. I'd be interested to see what was on there. <laughs> I wonder if it was actually four. Like <laughs> four records. <laughs> That's about what it sold. So you make Cattlemen Don't, and what was the plan? You're just going to shop it around, or was was it always meant to be? You know, you're going to self-release it. Well, you didn't self-release it. Deep Elm Deep released Elm. it, right? Yeah, Deep Elm put it out. I don't remember if we even shopped it around. Because you were emo, right? Right. All of a sudden, I'm emo. Um. Dave must have shopped it around. I don't remember, you know, but obviously no one wanted it if he did. Um, and then John Such, who's great uh, at um, Deep Elm, wanted to put it out. And next thing you know, he was putting it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, it seemed to me like it was working. Like, you know, when I got off that As Good As Dead tour, and you guys asked me to go fill in for Ronnie. I mean, I played with you guys for like, what, six months or so? Yeah. Something like that? Yep. By the time that was done, it seemed to me like there was, it was working. The, right. The, there was momentum happening. And as far as you being uh, an independent band, it was happening. That was the, probably the most successful we had been, you know, at that point. Yeah, it finally felt like maybe there were some fans out there. And yeah, the shows were good and things were better. But um, it was also the end right then. I, I remember it was on the winter dance party. Yeah. And it, I, it seemed like there was a meeting in a hotel room with Dave Fry. And after that meeting, you know, you guys all walked out with your faces, you know, you know, fallen. And the band was basically over. Was that because Brian had to move or, or something? I, I can't really yeah, remember what really happened. It's really weird. There. I don't remember any of that. That's really weird. Maybe, maybe Dave was helping us tour with money, and maybe he told us he couldn't give us money anymore. No, I, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe that is what happened. I can't remember. I okay. really can't. Really? You can't remember? I cannot. Dude, I cannot remember. <laughs> dude, it's tragic. I mean, I couldn't remember that doll you showed me with the boner at uh, Herb's bar. <laughs> Well, I guess I carried that thing around for a long time. What was that? Timmy. Was his name Timmy? Timmy. Yeah, you called him Timmy. <laughs> you showed me that. I was like, that's a great looking doll. And you're like, you don't remember Timmy? And I'm like, no. He's a sailor. <laughs> when did I show you that? I don't know. It's some middle of the night text you sent one during the pandemic, I think. Uh, um, that might have been when we had to, we got, we finally got kicked out of the practice space. 
So oh. maybe it was there. Oh, that's there. probably right. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. The practice space is Go on. no more. I'll, I'll send you a picture. It looks crazy in there. Is it a... So it's not a garage in there anymore, or is it a... The last time I was in there, there was a bulldozer sitting in the practice space. Really? Like, they had just ripped the wall down, and you could still see one of those stars that, that uh, Sean Rice had painted on the wall. <laughs> so you kind of knew right, was, where things were. Right. But in the middle of, you know, where that room was, where, uh, where uh, Balti used to pee in cups all the time... <laughs> There was, <laughs> there was a uh, a fucking bulldozer. That's crazy. That space I don't is know amazing. What, yeah, dude, trying to clean that space up and all the stuff that we found in there. I mean, because you know we were left holding the bag. Yeah, no. And and I was like, <laughs> I tried to clean it up as much as I could, and I told people to come get their shit, and and I was like, all right, dude. You know, Sean Rice still had tons of stuff in there. Really. Yeah. So you guys got that from Smashing Pumpkins? I, well, I'm sure there was a buffer in there between uh, Smashing Pumpkins and us. I think someone else had moved in there. Maybe Catherine. Okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. I forget. You know, it was one of those things. It's like you, you just got handed the keys and all of a sudden you were paying the rent and you were in that weird space. Yeah, dude. The place that we're in now, it's the uh, rent is not as cheap as it was oh, with I'm that sure. other place. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's ten times better. You you don't have you don't have bums like shitting all over the place <laughs> and there was this bum that was in in the back by the bathroom and he had a bag he had left a bag of shrimp tails. Like he got this huge bag of shrimp just, and there were shrimp tails all over the place oh and it God. smelled like shit. And I was just like, we got to get out of here, you know? So that winter dance party with smoking popes and menthol. Yes. Now that was a great tour and kind of in my mind, kind of legendary. I loved it. It was great. I thought the concept was great. All of us had a blast until I went too far on the last night of the tour jokes and right. almost killed Balti. <laughs> um, well, that was my fault, too. It was? Well, I put the hot sauce on the microphone. Right. I mean, like, not just, not like Pete's hot sauce. No, it was insanity sauce. Yeah, it was insanity <laughs> sauce. I mean, it, I mean, you could see the guy melting on stage. <laughs> and then we put talcum powder in the, in the hi-hats, I think. Yeah. And, oh, and then yeah. didn't we reroute his pedal board? So no, that was something we used to do, Rick Ness. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mark would set that up, and we'd fuck with his stuff. But we, Balti was. I mean, he was pissed as he should be. I mean, that was terrible. He looked. I mean, his lips were all swollen. So <laughs> <laughs> <all> crazy. <laughs> but his retaliation was to just snip the power cable. <laughs> To my amp. <laughs> so it's connected. It's not one of those that you can just replace it. No, that was just like gone, dead. It's over. Fuck you, I mean, completely oh. connected. Yeah, it ruined the amp. Oh yeah, it's just, just totally like, fuck you. But was it plugged in when he cut? We were it? playing a show. Yeah. We're on stage. Did he not get elected? Is that how he almost died? Because he almost got electrocuted? I don't know what happened to him, but it, I mean, no. I deserved it. 
you know, <laughs> definitely that was the right retaliation, but it's hilarious to look back right. at. And he's basically and then, like taking an axe to the core going. <laughs> <laughs> and then the popes are like, all right, yeah, yeah, don't stay away from us. Don't touch enough. our shit. Enough's <laughs> enough, dude. Yeah, this is over, guys. And that's where the shit happened outside that final show on the street that then ended up in Detroit with the bricks through our window. Some weird thing happened on the street in Ohio, in Toledo. Yes. It's all coming back now, Scott. Okay, come on. Soon come I'll on, remember keep Timmy. Keep, keep going. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's Whatever happened there is what ended up in our van and made us drive home with glass spraying all over the fucking van. <laughs> Four in the morning. Oh, oh, that's right. So afterwards, we get out there, and there's a brick through the window. You got, you've got it clipped, destroyed. Oh yeah, amps. <laughs> there's a brick through the van. And Baltic's got huge window. swollen lips. <laughs> <laughs> this um, this is not going to be fun for people to listen to, is oh, it? Are you kidding? This is brilliant. It is. Is it? What if I have the worst show on your show? Is that? Is that bad? Nothing will be worse than the Rick Froberg episode. Was that Listen, bad? I, Wes, I'm I'm writing down a number of how many listeners I think this episode is going to get. <laughs> yeah, put, it Put it in the drawer in the La Quinta, put it, put it never the, to be yes. seen again. See, this put is it. stupid. Which band did Morrissey f- front until 1987? That's not even Dismiss. trivia. That's, that's just stupid. <laughs> Was it right. menthol? Did I get it right? Oh my God! These are like so easy. So, are you still writing songs, Wes? Uh, n- nah. I mean, once in a while, I think about it. Like Brian almost swindled me into like writing a song or two or something. I kind of thought I was excited about it, and then I just got tired. Um, what making a triple fast single or something? Yeah, I forget. Like when the, I think he was. I was either going to like sing over an instrumental track that we had left over. We were talking about doing something and I kind of got motivated for like an hour and then the motivation went away. But you don't get the Jones. No. Come on, man. Not really. Scott, where were you in your local age career when you when you started filling in with triple fast action? I just finished like we'd been on the road for like a year and a half with the with as good as dead. And so it was like, all right, now, now what are you gonna do? You're gonna go home. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go out for six more months with triple fast. That's hilarious. You just never came off the road. I mean, I got a lot out of playing with you guys uh, and, and I was proud to play you guys, play with you guys. I mean, the shows we were playing were so good. Yeah, that was, and we were so tight. I felt invincible playing with you guys. That was, a, that was fun. That was a lot of fun for us too. We did that great yeah. in excess cover. Right. Well, that was towards the end. Like, yes. Yeah. You introduced that and you were writing songs too. Like I've been to a couple of rehearsals where like you had that, that one riff, that banner, 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 banner. Remember you ended up giving it to Surfer. Oh, Jeff? right. Yes. That's a good song. Yeah. If I do say so myself. <laughs> What's the best song you ever wrote? <laughs> what? What's the best song you ever wrote? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at bests. Like, what's, okay. my kid always asks me, what's your favorite song? I don't fucking know. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite song? 
Yeah, surrender. No, really? Yeah. What's better than surrender? I like Outdoor Minor by Wire. But okay. I don't know if it's my favorite song. Sounds like saying that makes me sound like a, you know, like a aging hipster loser. <laughs> oh, that you like wire more than two <laughs> tricks. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Gabe's favorite triple fast song is Underwear. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Did that make it on a record? Yeah, it's on the it's on the uh, Cattleman Don't reissue. Oh right, is it on the reissue? Gabe, hmm? how come you didn't put out the? The triple fast vinyl. Uh, Brian talked about it for for a while, and he, you know, he. he passed. Brought up, you I didn't passed. pass. I didn't pass. What a dick. Listen. I thought we were. I got married. I got married, and the money rained dry. <laughs> you, you didn't see the dollar signs with that triple fast reissue. <laughs> no. If it would have been like a couple years earlier, I would I would have said, "Hey, Brian, let's let's jump on this." But uh, you know, things happen. Yeah. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he was busy but trying to well. get some it, replacements reissues. No, so, it it did well. It sold. It sold all the copies. I think it yeah. sold more than the original sold. The reissue. Really? Yeah. I mean, first of all, the vinyl thing is fucking stupid. Who's buying that crap? You? Fuck you. I, I, that is I, so I dumb. Not me. I'm not buying it, but I'm creating it and selling it for other okay, people good. to buy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, but uh, I just don't get it at all. I mean, it's just insane. It costs a fortune to buy one of those things. Well, how much is it's it crazy. To buy an album? Thirty bucks? Forty bucks? Yep. A double album is like thirty bucks. We sell them for thirty, but a single album, you know, twenty bucks. One, twenty bucks. Twenty. Yeah. Still, that's a lot of fucking money. When it's you not can... that bad. I mean, they were starting to charge twenty bucks for CDs, and we all know that. CDs cost a quarter to make. It's just stupid. The whole thing's fucking stupid. And reissue, I mean, really? Triple, triple Fast Action's putting out a reissue? I mean, Brian is a saint and did a great job. And that guy who did that record company did a great job on putting that together. And Scott, you wrote those great liner notes. I was a loser, did nothing. But I'm just like, who wants that? Nobody wants that. But it sold out. Well, apparently so much did want it. But, you couldn't you couldn't get it any other way, you know. And the well, only okay. reason that except on Spotify, that, that, that right? it's up. Well, the only reason it's up on any of that shit now is because you did this reissue. Yeah, I just don't it, understand. Cattleman don't wasn't on Apple that, Music. It wasn't anywhere. Really? Yeah, I couldn't listen to the shit. I, you know, I had to look around for my busted Cattleman don't CD. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I don't know. I don't get it. I just use. I've been using Spotify. I was a Mog guy before that. I love. I love all that stuff. Uh, listen, I don't listen to music at home unless it's on vinyl. Shut up. Ever? No, that's all I listen to at home. Is I mean, if we're on tour, I'll listen to streaming. But at home, it's all vinyl. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Shit, dude. It's more fun. I gave that up. How a can long you? Time. I, I don't even have not? a goddamn stereo. Do you have a stereo? Yeah. Nobody has a stereo. Everybody has a stereo. <laughs> Not everybody. I have a turntable, but I didn't plug it in for like five years. Right, you play it through like your JBL remote spe speaker, right? Or some no, shit? No, I still got big old yes. wood speakers. Yeah, right. You do? Yeah. Do you drive around yeah, in a horse and buggy? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, are we done? Uh, 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I was going to talk about reading? your time playing with us, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you can talk about it. Was there anything anything interesting that happened when you played with us? Gabe, you got anything for West Kid here? Yeah, you guys don't say shit. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, tell me, what were the, what were the tours or tour that West Kid was on with you? He did the he did the second guitar and played the cats. He was on Conan O'Brien show when we when we did that. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you. And, right. and uh, I had some of my best memories with Wes on the bus touring with us in the bunny suit. Oh, right. right. <laughs> Where okay. did the bunny suit come from? And how, how did the how bunny did suit start? How did that come about? So, my recollection of it is that. Um, Figdish wanted me to come on tour with them, and oh, you know, that's right. And they like to, I think, just to hang out, kind of like you did. You were their I, guitar tech, yeah. But the, you're like, you know, here, be a guitar tech or something. And I'm like, I'm only going to do it if I can wear a bunny suit. <laughs> and they were like, oh, sounds great. So I think they bought me the bunny suit, or I bought the bunny suit, but it had that good, like, colorful, like vest. bib on it. Yeah, vest. Yeah, and yeah. so I wore it pretty much the entire tour. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> West kids tuning guitars, smoking a cigarette in a bunny suit. Yeah, and uh, I mean, everybody loves a fucking bunny. Nobody knows this before I was the bunny, but if you are in a bunny suit, you are going to have a great fucking night. Every fucking night. So that tour was amazing. <laughs> And then I would come out at the end of Figdish's set and sang um, that. Bob O'Reilly? Yes. Bob O'Reilly. <laughs> and I remember so, in Canada. Well, I can't probably shouldn't tell this story because they'll get, they'll find me. And I'm sure that dude is injured <laughs> in a massive way. But I, it was one of those mic stands with the bass on it, you know, the heavy bass. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, Canada, in the bunny suit. And I lifted up the bass and the bass flew into the air and came crashing down on one of the security guards, like head or neck or shoulder oh. or something. And you could just see him collapse. I'm like, sorry, dude. And then <laughs> and I'll keep on going with the song. But oh, my God. Then they were trying to find the bunny and I had taken the suit off and hit it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find the bunny. There's no, there's, no, there's no bunny here. And there was another time... Uh, when the bunny made a good appearance was when we were coming out of some hotel across the street from Madison Square Garden. We did not play there, but I had roomed maybe with you and with Rick Ness. I don't know. We all, I think we all ended up in the same room, but yeah. Rick Ness had showed up with like a three pack of Zima or something. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, he came into the room, but I was the next morning I was out on seventh Avenue or whatever, avenue that is holding a two-pack now of zima in a bunny suit and i mean i looked incredible incredible in the morning well that's when we got the the zima cut out and and, and put it behind <laughs> put it behind rick every night on stage and we kept putting we kept putting bottles of zima on top of his amp isn't that what, think, isn't zima drove like, him out of music well that isn't zima um what like hard seltzer is now or like a, it's <laughs> yeah. just like make, pretty much rotates yeah. in every wine cooler <laughs> zima hard seltzer whatever is next you know but can right. i ask but a question about no, the there's bunny no suit? but there's no stigma attached to it yeah <laughs> like the, the zima stigma is there gone people be. are proud to drink this shit right. go ahead ben this bunny suit were you wearing was there like a whole headpiece thing 
There was, but your whole face was cut out. It was like a... Oh, okay. So, so it had ears. You had the rabbit ears. Yeah, it's a shitty... face was your face. It's a shitty... It's like Christmas story. Halloween one, you know? Okay. Gotcha. So people knew you were a bunny because of the ears, but you were able to smoke and drink and... Oh, yeah, and have a good time. And I became, you, I ended up getting an interview on tour. The bunny, <laughs> Fig Dish, didn't get an interview. Right. I got a fucking interview. Right. <laughs> Well, Gabe, you've got I got a picture. picture. I got a picture of you with this bunny suit. It's in my photo albums, but it's in storage right now. But I'll, I'll pull it out. That thing was yeah. by the end of that tour. That bunny suit looked like it had been. I mean, it was you know cigarette burns all <laughs> over it and dirt. Oh my god, it's disgusting. I think I think I think you're tuning the double neck guitar for Rick Ness, and you got a cigarette in your mouth, and I think you get the bunny suit on it. I'm pretty sure I got that picture. <laughs> well, there was a pretty elaborate execution for the bunny. Remember? Right. Was it at, at the Metro. Vic? It was at Metro, oh. and yeah, they had a, they, they had like this bag of like deer entrails, yeah, Ziploc bag of it, and they stuck, they put it inside me, and then they like cut your ass open. Yeah, they like cut my ass open and then sprayed the entrails onto the crowd. Hey, look at coincidentally what shirt I'm wearing here. I'm wearing this Nestle's Quick shirt with the bunny. Oh, Isn't that nice. crazy? Yeah, that is wow, good. crazy. It's just one of those kismet kind of things. <laughs> just one of those. <laughs> yeah. And there you have yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. There you go. I went to go see Metallica last night. Oh, That's shut up. Right. How'd you get in? Uh, come on. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out if who was going to be the person who got in. So you got in. Did Herb get in? Herb did not go. Okay. I, I didn't see, I expected to see Herb, but I saw a lot of people. Blockinger was there. Oh, really? Talked to Brian for a while, yeah. Was it good? It was good. Really? It was good. What'd they open yeah. with? Whiplash. Oh, kick ass. Yeah. As soon as it started, I was like, all right, I'm going up front. Just ran up there, did the, the sprint up there. Was it fans in the crowd or was it idiots? It, yes, it was, it was basically, the, it, yeah, it was fans. Idiots and fans. Right. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Um, their fans are idiots. Idiotic fans, yes. Yeah. So, but but upstairs it was you know it was a lot of VIP stuff. It was it was good. It was a good night. Everybody had a good time, and it was good to see a lot of people there. That's awesome. Wait, did you go backstage and reconnect with your friends from your tour? Did you I, I can't tell you that. And... Then I can't tell you. Oh, that's right. You opened for I, them. I signed an NDA. Okay, gotcha. The pictures are coming soon. Well, Wes, it's, it's, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. I, I hope this wasn't as painful for you as you thought yeah, it would be. Dude, everything's painful. I'm 100 years old. I'm a crabby old <laughs> man. I'm tired all the time. I, that, that's what a real life. Amy? That's a real lifer. <laughs> yeah. Old crabby How's guy. Amy? Uh, she's good. She's doing good. Yeah. Teaching yoga still. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't, she's, hasn't kicked you out? You're still around? Yeah, I'm still around. I made it. At this point, what is she going to do? There's not much left out on the streets, so I'm I'm in good shape now. <laughs> yeah, no, everything's good here. Charlottesville's good. We got rid of those fucking Nazis that were here a few years back, oh, which tried to ruin our fucking town. Right. I was in Charlottesville a couple of weeks ago. We had, like, a day off. What? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... It, and we were kind of like, is this where the Nazis? Were? Why didn't you call me? I didn't. I didn't know you lived in Charlottesville. Seriously? The last time I saw you, didn't you live in like 
Charlottesville? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I have a great shtick for you guys. You got okay. it. This is this. Uh, I give this to you free of charge. Um, you ask people, so what have you been listening to lately, right? And they'll they'll tell you a bunch of cool hip things that they think people want to hear, and then you make them prove it by going to their recently played shit, and you're like, pull out your phone and show show me, asshole, and you'll be able to see all the crap they actually listen to because everybody's a fucking liar. That's a good right. shtick. What what's on your uh, phone? Nothing. Come on. <laughs> Papa Roach. <laughs> you know what? Was it recently, recently played? Is that on Spotify? Oh yeah. Go if you're on your mm. homepage, it'll you scroll down. Recently played. Oh, I got you. I got Burning Ambitions, which is a little punk uh, compilation I used to listen to. Pat Bennett's okay. R. Release Radar. I, I got Triple Fast Action. Oh, I got Fragile too. from Yes. Oh, you do? I got, yeah. I got Judas Knife. That's, oh, all right. I got Good Advices from R.E.M. I've got Norm MacDonald. Fuck I've got R. Looking e. at You from MC5. You're an R.E.M. liker, too? Fuck, yeah. See, everybody I know, I, except for... I got Looking at You from MC5. I got Johnny Thunders. My list is pretty good, That dude. is a pretty good list. It's better than mine. Radiohead, Spooner. Yeah, that's pretty Taylor good. Taylor Swift. I got Mac Miller. I got Corn. <laughs> you got Corn. <laughs> you love Corn. You were an early corn fan. I did because I saw them play a show and it was about the crowd. The crowd was insane. Yeah, at the Aragon. Yeah. Right? I got Concrete Blonde. Why was I listening to Concrete Blonde? Wow. I got both menthol records. There you go. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Come on, um, Gabe, what you got? Two words. Papa Roach. Iron Maiden. Oh, the new Iron Maiden album. Right. That would really be one word, right, Maiden? Um, yeah. I also have a great idea for a podcast. Let me okay. know what you think about this. This would be good. It's the Funny Face Podcast. So we just make funny faces and people listen to the weird. Huh? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And that's it. It's about 30 seconds long. Let's try it. All of us together. Ready? Come on, Gabe. I don't know about this. Gabe, get in. Ready? Ben, you're ready? I have funny faces. It's my own. We're going to do it. Ready? Go. This is going to be the screenshot. Let's <laughs> see. It's gonna That's going to be the screenshot. So hit. lame. <laughs> All right. Fucking don't. And, and mo most importantly, it's mercifully short. Yeah, exactly. You have like five minutes of ads. You do 30 seconds of funny faces. What the fuck are you doing? Five I mean, minutes you, of ads. What what are you doing that's so important that you can't sit and listen to something for you know eighty minutes? Yeah, because I question. don't. I have a normal person's attention span, which doesn't go beyond twenty twenty five minutes, right? That's I I guess so, but you know all these people with this bullshit like oh, I don't like long movies or your songs too long. I don't like long songs, and then all they do is they'll sit there for ten hours binging a TV show. All those people can fuck off. Yeah, why can't those people binge, have binge a TV show either? Well, okay, you're fine. Because I have a. But the bingers. I also think I might full of shit. Well, that's true, and I might have a slight little bit of narcolepsy because I tend to, if I watch TV, I watch watch it in like ten minute episodes. I fall asleep, 
Oh, dude, I can't. Next day. As, same ten. Cannot minutes. stay awake. Yeah. For, as soon as a TV show comes on, even if it's one I really want to watch. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's exactly why. I am so exhausted. Oh, shit. All right. Fuck this shit. I got to go to bed. All right, man. You got to get up early in the morning, huh? I do. Don't ask why. But you got to. What's. What, oh, okay. It's so dumb. It's so irritating. <laughs> uh, is that it? No more questions? Come on, Gabe. Come on. This is it. This uh, is it. Wes, you were part of the legendary Halloween bash at Double Door for how many years? I mean, give me give me your favorite memory from the Halloween bash at Double Door. Well, the ACDC. Us doing ACDC <laughs> was amazing. Motley Crue was pretty amazing, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, ACDC sounded good. But I do have a... I, I mean, I feel like we thought of that... Like, when I was on tour with you guys, we did it together. How did it start? It started with the cheap trick off. Remember oh. you? I walked into Delilah's and you're like, I'm starting a cheap trick cover band with Rick Ness and Mike Zelenko. Oh my God, and, dude, that was so and funny. Mike Wilson. I was like, fuck you. I want to be in a cheap trick cover band. And he's like, we'll get one and see what happens. We'll have a cheap trick off. <laughs> I was at that show. And so and that Herb walked in. only happen Herb. in Chicago at that specific time that a stupid conversation would spiral into a real full-blown battle of the bands at a club where we all spent a lot of money got drunk and we're really trying to win right <laughs> right herb That's goes herb goes I, I, i'm fucking doing xander or i'm not doing it I'm like and didn't, you, didn't you herb can't. do it didn't herb light himself on fire during the flame yes <laughs> Yes he, did. yes, he did. How many yes, times he has he done this lighting himself? Oh, <laughs> shit. That's amazing. That was his grand finale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he goes, I will be the flame. I remember uh, a different time where I was dressed up. Uh, I did Rod Stewart at Thurston's. And, you know, there was always the thing where he drank the, you know. So we had a Sperm. cup of milk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, you know, he always used to kick a soccer ball in the arenas out into the crowd. So I had a soccer yeah. ball and I just fucking <laughs> bashed that fucking thing. <laughs> I just yeah, hit this girl like right in the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just have you, crushed Have her. you seen that, that Cheap Trick off video recently? No. Is it out there? It's somewhere. Uh, and... and Tasty Jimmy's Chunking Carlos. Oh my God. Is so <laughs> unbelievably offensive. Yeah. Oh my God. So unbelievably offensive. But I mean, I mean, it, it is Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney, and, and, uh, and Breakfast at Tiffany's level offensive. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he can do it. Tasty can get away with it. It's not like yeah. he's a white oh, guy. Oh, that's but, exactly right. He can get away with anything. Because but still, it's still offensive. Oh, yeah. I don't care what race stuff. you are. There was a lot of oh, bad man. stuff. Um, <laughs> one last thing. At the same show where I was Rod Stewart, Herb was Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and he, he got so much of the wig hair in his throat that he ended up like throwing up part of the Kenny Loggins <laughs> hair. But then we ended up at Liars Club at like, you know, I don't know what time, after hours, you know. And he was sitting yeah. there like half asleep at the bar. And then uh, someone yelled, like, everybody cut foot loose. And he's like, everybody cut foot loose. And he gets up on the bar and just proceeds to, like, run sideways across the bar and just fall flat on his fucking head. Oh, my God. Uh, those are some good times. 
Don't put any of this Wait. stuff in the <laughs> Did you visit Herb in the hospital after his car accident? And uh, did you see uh, his penis and his balls and all that stuff? That- no, I, I saw her, but I didn't see his penis and balls. Yeah, I was definitely there. Did Herb say that he saw his penis and balls? Oh, he said. I he showed was, him my he was penis talking and about balls. Was his penis. Yes. I just walked in and said, Herb, check this shit out. Yes. His Herb, yes. Herb story was you, that his mom was telling everyone that Herb was concerned about his penis because of happened in the hospital bed. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you were good at the penis puppetry, but not as good as David Yao. Oh, my God. That was another great night. Remember that? With oh, my God. Menthol. That was one of the greatest nights of my life. Oh, shit. I mean, just... Yeah, I'm here with the guys in triple fast action. Scott's here, and there's some dude who looks like he got hit in the face with a pan. <laughs> he said that about Joel. That's right. Okay, this podcast has just turned into a conversation. Okay. I'm, that's what podcasts are supposed to be about. Yeah, I guess that's right. I'm trying to find a good one here. Another Papa Roach one. Okay. Oh, God, these are all so easy. What a stupid... Who bought me this shit? They gotta make a hip trivial pursuit for post-punk, you know, people. You do that, and I'll do the Funny Face podcast, and we'll get rich. Um, yeah, it's like it's like the Crimes Against... Uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity thing. If they did a hip one, Gabe, you wouldn't know any of the answers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it and sell it. Okay, good. This should be great. Sade was a big success in the 80s, but what is her surname? Oh, Jesus. Nobody knows that. If someone I do. Shut up, do you really? Yes, uh, it's it's uh it's it is Dorothy Dandridge. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do? Yeah. What, okay. I do? This is easy, but you Shade I do or I do Shade? Which four singers released a cover of Lady Marmalade in 2001? Christina Aguilera. Right. Uh, Pink. Pink. Yep. Fergie? No. No. Uh, There's, yeah, I wouldn't have got this either. So was, there Jesse, was there a Jesse James in there? No. 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 Who, the hell was that? Who the hell was it? You said Pink. Okay, it's Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Pink, and Maya. Okay, last one. Which pop group consisted of members Jonas, Jenny, Lynn, and Ulf? U-L-F. Ace of Base. Holy shit. That's really good, Scott. You're fucking nuts. They were Swedish Swedish names. Yeah, but still.
And some won't And some